I frown upon these calorie counting wankers. Every disease starts from the gut. Only dogs need treats. We're human beings. I didn't take steroids until I was 27. Bodybuilding is addictive. Steroids are addictive. They're both addictive. And when I came off it, it was like, what do I do with myself? Whey protein, you may not want to hear it. It's shit. It's my destiny to bring as many young people away from the shit that's going on in the fitness industry. Essentially what you're saying is it's cheaper and better and more bioavailable to use real food than it is to use any supplementation. You can never let go of that, that you failed them in a way. Did, did, did you fail though? Eating this way and moving this way and moving different now. How do you feel in your mind and how has it affected every other area of your life? We are hunter-gatherers. Our bodies are designed the same way, but our behaviour changed. Our forefathers didn't have Let's go. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favour and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. Whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremoval.com. And we are back with the Frankie Lee podcast. And today, guys, we are coming to you from a very new location. We are in Eddie Abu's boxing room right now. And this man here has gone from bodybuilding sensation to TikTok sensation, literally in, in the space of like 12, 18 months. And there's, there's a lot more context to this, but me and Eddie have done this intro about three times already and, and fucked it up. So I just want to go straight in with this podcast. Mate, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It wasn't been, it hasn't been three months. We started in November last year. Yeah, yeah. Started trying to make yeah. a name, you know. No, no, no. I, said, I, I did say twelve months, but you weren't listening because you didn't have your headphones on. Saying that. <laughs> but we're here, mate. We're here, and I, I'm glad to have you. Obviously, look, you've you've achieved a mad amount in bodybuilding, and I came across you myself when I was scrolling on TikTok. I just posted a podcast clip, and you popped up, and you were there explaining to you're basically taking the shit out of the industry, the fitness industry especially, and just explain to people what they should eat, what they shouldn't eat, what is shit and what isn't shit. And that's how I came across you. But I, I really want to start back through your bodybuilding journey and go into, into, into that. Because obviously I've seen you, I, I knew you years ago when I came in this gym. You came to train my gym. I came, I came yeah. to train in the gym about 12 years ago. Yeah. You're a lot bigger then. Um, I think you look phenomenally better now, health-wise. I feel better, that's and, the main and, thing. And yeah. you've transformed yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. And I want to kind of know what you go into your back history with, with bodybuilding and what you kind of learned through, through that. So give us a bit of a, give us a bit of your backstory. So my backstory is that I stumbled upon a bodybuilding magazine when I was at school. I was 15 years old and I saw a picture of Sergio Oliver and literally I got hard on. Well, not, not literally, but I, I just got excited because I was fascinated. I wanted to know how a man could develop his body to that level. And that's, then I got hooked. I was in a boarding school in Kenya. It's called Saria Boys Center. I was lucky. I was there for about six, seven years. And um, one of my teachers, um, David Wilson, he went on holiday and I sneaked into his garden. He had a squat rack and a pair of dumbbells. And I started training. I was about 15, 16 years old. I started lifting weights. I didn't, I didn't actually think I was going to grow. But when school reopened, because we were stuck at the school, Long story short, we never actually went on holidays. So I was stuck in the school for the six weeks of the holidays. Um, for the holidays. And then when school opened, um, people were coming to me saying to me, what the fuck have you done? 
had biceps, my biceps had grown. <clears throat> so then I started charging people <laughs> to train them. And that's when the bug started. And then, then we made our own weights with concrete and um, metal bars with empty tins of baked beans. We made our own weights, like you see in the videos in some of the African countries training. That's what we did. That's what I did. And, and, and how long did you train in Africa before you came, obviously, to England and stuff? Well, I, I started when I was about 15 years old. And when I finished, when I left secondary school, I went back to Ghana. It's a scholarship that went, sent me to Kenya. I went back to Ghana to go to university. I couldn't live in Ghana, so I came here to become a nurse. And over that period, I didn't train because there was, I didn't have any access to any equi- equipment. In fact, I remember once going into a, a car, a garage, mechanics, and lifting the axle with my brother. And you know, I was stronger than him. He's older than me. I was stronger than him. He was surprised. But then I couldn't, didn't train again, and I became a nurse. And um, I came over to the UK to come because the, um, the NHS were importing nurses Africa and from Malaysia and places like that and that's how I came here to become a nurse. So you used your, your nursing and your qualifications to kind of get into your, your first route in the door into Britain? Well, they, were, they were inviting us to become nurses because you guys don't want to do that shitty job. Yeah. So I came to do it. I, I, the nurse, nursing was okay but a 19, 20 year old cleaning 90 year old women's asses was a hard thing to do but I did it. I qualified and then afterwards, when I was, um, I never didn't train for years because obviously when you were a student living in a little room, I bought a pair of dumbbells and I couldn't really do much. But I managed to get, still train a little bit. But I lost, I went down to about nine and a half, ten stone. And then when I could afford it, I started, um, actually I bought a weeder bench. And because one of the rooms in the nurse's home didn't have a sink in it, so the home warden gave it to me for free. I put my weights in there. All my nursing colleagues used to come in. And this is like we're talking about 84, 85, 86. And that's when I was training in there. So how long was it into your like nursing career in the UK? Obviously, you're going through all that. How long was it before you started to really get the bug back for obviously trying to build this body of yours? Well, I got the bug back. I didn't... The, the, now, here's the thing. I didn't get into... I didn't start training to become a bodybuilder. It was almost a natural progression. And as much as um, it's people always surprised when I say this, but I fucking hated getting on stage, especially the posing. I used to look at people doing these classic poses, and I'm like, why didn't you suck your own dick while you did it? Because I didn't get it. I still don't get it. These classic poses, you know, these shapes, I just find it so pansy. But I was addicted to the muscle building, and it's almost like the only way to get the, the, the impetus that I needed to start my business was to compete. But competition wasn't whatever. I didn't, I, you watch my videos when I'm on stage, oh shit, I didn't never practice anything because I didn't care about the posing. There's a, a bodybuilding judge, his name is Al, um, Sugar. Um, Sugar, he said to me, not Alan Sugar, what's his name? Um, Dennis Christopher, that's it. Um, UKBFF. And then he said to me, one, you should watch me First day I got and said, he said, just sit and watch me judge. He would sit with his pen back. I never understood why until when I got, I became pro 10, 15 years later. I, said, I asked him one day, why did you used to just stare at me? You didn't even judge anybody. Look at me. I, he said to me, I used to think, you've got the best physique on that stage, but you don't give a shit. You're just not presenting yourself. I didn't care 
about because I just know I got in bodybuilding. For so you didn't really care about how you presented the muscle no. or the tone or anything else. You all you all you cared about was simply like you you doing your nursing, you were going to the gym, you were building your muscle because that's what you that's what you did for your release, right? I and love I love the sensation of training, My biceps, chest. I used to love training. I mean, it's a long story. I was um, I got a scholarship and from when I was fifteen years old, I went to school in Kenya, stuck in a boarding school. And then the Ghana government sort of left us there. So we never actually went home on holiday. So I stayed, four of us from Ghana in Kenya, I stayed at, um, at the school during the holidays. I didn't go home. And it was something for us to do. <clears throat> so training became one of them. And table tennis. I'm a fucking good table tennis player. I used to represent Hertfordshire. Mate, it's, uh, but honestly, like the table tennis for you came must have came secondary, mate, because uh, I haven't seen no videos of that one online. <laughs> but, but you will see because I'm, I'm bringing up back all my talent. Did you see me balancing shit on my head recently? <laughs> but, but if there are things that there are sort of latent skills that I, I used to, I played table tennis in school. I played it um, county. I was pretty good at it. I haven't, I've still got my back, even though I haven't practiced for a while. So we became very good at table tennis, and I started. So in a way, living on your own. And lifting weights, it's a bit almost a fibre release. So essentially, really, when you're in, in Africa, because obviously you're at boarding school, you had to find ways to keep keep yourself active outside of the schooling that you're receiving. One of the things that I did was on holidays. We used to, I used to do voluntary work. You know, I remember working in hospitals, in the accounts department, looking at receipts and all that. That's what I did. Free, did it. You know, and then the School was like a charitable school. The people that couldn't afford the education, it was a very good school, one of the best schools in Africa. That's how I met Muhammad Ali because he came to my school in 1980 because almost every prestigious person that came to the school, um, came, came to the country, came to my school. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a good school. So I, in a way, um, we used to... The, I did voluntary work in the hospitals and then they, um, these companies used to donate some things to the school. Money, whatever. Was That's it inspiring meeting me and someone like Muhammad Ali? And kind of what did he tell you? He changed my life. You have to understand that at that time it was race relations relations were not very good, and to see a black man being himself, it was very big. Very when I say big, I mean his personality. I I, I gave him a pen. There's a picture of him on Facebook. Um, I gave him a pen to sign an autograph for me. Which I sold to one of the boys. He actually sent me a picture of it recently in 1981. The boy sent me a picture of it. He posted it on Facebook. He said, Hey, did you remember this? He asked me to get it because I was quite close. And I got the, I gave him a pen, Mohammed Ali the pen. He took it. Then he wrote, he signed my whatever. Then we gave back the pen. I grabbed his hand. I just wanted to touch him, you know. So, and not, not in a sexual way. I just wanted to touch him. And then he, he just looked at me and smiled. He was a charismatic person, and he just, you know, very awesome. And he made you realize that you can't be, um, you know, who you are. And so that as, didn't change. So as a black man growing up in those days, did you <clears throat> kind of feel like you couldn't be your full self then? That's a difficult one, because when you're in an African country, my name was Edward. But when I came over here when I was nursing, the... Some of the patients, it's not a psychiatric ward, one of the patients is called darkness. Um, every racist name under the sun, you get called, because in a psychiatric hospital, because of the lack of volition, because of the, you know, these people have got mental health issues, 
And um, especially when the ones who are really psychotic, when I, you know, you've got neurosis and you've got psychosis and you've got, you know, the difference between neurosis and psychosis is that when you're, psychosis, when you're psychotic, you're you know, in touch with reality, you hallucinate and you're deluded, not stuff like that. Whereas neurotics don't, don't tend to be. Um, so the, psycho, the guys who are really psychotic were not in touch with reality. They lack volition and they come out and say whatever they want to say and you've got to take it. But the worst thing about it was not what the patients were saying, it's what the nurses they would crack themselves laughing. Because it's something that they wanted to say, you know. I used to walk in the street and I'm travelling on the tube and being, you know, that's one of the reasons I started training. And being, um, I got on the tube from Hibernate. So I was going to London, looking to Tottenham Court Road to buy um, an amplifier. And then I was driving, I was on the, on the train. And then when he, on Hibernate, there was no one, you know. And then by the time I got to Houston, the train was busy. And then these guys walked in, about four guys walked in. It's like, oh, it's a niggas, niggas sitting over there. And that, that's, it was normal because in the TV you heard words like that, coons, nicknocks. It was common. And it's like you had to accept it. You had to. It was normalized. You know, now it's not obviously acceptable. But then it was. And these guys stood then outside training as well. I took my jacket off and they fucking ran on the next day. Because even though I wasn't aggressive, there was a deterrent. So in you a way, had the size on you. In a way, training. I've always had big arms, you know, but biceps, no, necessarily triceps. So in a way, it was a, it was a deterrent, you know. When you were getting all, getting all this kind of abuse that it would be termed as now, was this fueling your training and kind of fueling you wanting to grow? Not not just in your body, but in your mind as well. It, it, it's a difficult thing. I look at this young black boys and it makes me glad because when I was that age I didn't have that what's the word you were not given that opportunity society sat on you it's like you were you, you were you, you were reminded that you were lesser of a human being 100% just like the 80s and, and it was hard but, but I, don't, I, I don't think it's dampened your spirits because it's like even when you walked in today with your 15-person entourage <laughs> into, this, into this studio that we're at now that are watching this on the sidelines, even when you walked in there today, you're still, you're still, you're still full of joy, you're always joking, you're always laughing. It's, it, it seems like um, a lot of people that have, that have faced some of the adversities that you faced at that age would have carried animosity into this age that you're at now. No, I've got good things in my life. How, how is it? Is it is obviously your daughter? Your daughter's a massive impact my, on your my life. Children, children, yeah. My wife and children have been my support. And and you've 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 kind of put everything into that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. No, I, f- I feel that. I feel that. I feel that on on every level, mate. Because I, I stop. <laughs> no, nah, mate. I, th- I think it's beautiful. He's getting me. It's it's good. It's good. That, it's good that we can go down these paths, mate, and kind of see. Because I wanted people to understand today. Your journey of you know coming from an African country, you come here, you come to be a bodybuilder, you know you put your heart and soul into that, and obviously you just wanted to provide for your family, and you've become a nurse, and you've obviously cared for a lot of people as well. And what a lot of people don't see in the bodybuilding space is someone who actually cares. But even though you didn't care in bodybuilding, you cared in real life for, for real people. I think that's a beautiful thing. I think my journey, my change of, you can see that I'm a different person in bodybuilding. I own a gym. And um, a few incidents, I mean, my daughter not being well, she had 
you know, some business IPS. Did so I was a brain tumor, lots of stuff, and it was all something digestive. But after the first lockdown, there was a young lad, 20 years old, trained here. I helped him get ready for competition. Natural. He did well. And then after the first lockdown, he came and he said to me, Eddie, I want to take steroids. And I said to him, dude, you're 20 years old. Don't, you can't. And then you just, basically what happened was two months before, he's, after the first lockdown, he signed my office crying. He had his mental health problems. You can see that he was not well. And I'm a psychiatric nurse, and I could see it. And then the next minute, he, when he told me he wanted to go in the gear, a few months later, I said, look, you're not ready yet. Give yourself time. You're only 2021. 20, then next time I saw him on, in the, on, on Insta, he's got massive, and you can see his face, and you know where that's leading to. And I thought, God, these people need to be um, saved, need to be advised. They, he was eating all this food, the junk food, and the cocoa puffs you can see. And I'm thinking, dude, we frowned. That's not normal. You can't expect to be taking these drugs and taking that. You can see that his mental health was not right. Because I know him. I know his expressions. Even in his photos, it's a video. I thought, dude, you... But and eventually I thought, hang on, I need to warn people. And that's why we took to social media. My daughter has already told me that, you know, she, she used to say, you know, you should reach more people. Because you're in the gym, just only see reaching worse. The information that you have, you should, be, you can, you should share it with more people. So that's what we set up. I, th- I, th- I think the way that you present information, certainly for me, I mean, 25 days ago, I gave up energy drinks again. And it's honestly changed my life. And How I, do you feel? I, f- I feel unbelievable. Absolutely. I feel unbelievable. And, I, and I'm going to give up soft drinks and all this other stuff and protein bars as well. That's, that's all coming down the track. You can't, you and I both know you can't all give it up in on one day. I can. But, well, you, you yeah, you can because you're, you're an elite <laughs> no, one. But you, you understand what I'm saying, Eddie. But, like, but before I quit for 25 days, I'd, I'd quit for 100 days. But it was when I saw one of your videos talking about energy drinks that I thought to myself, you know what? It gave me a bit of a rock. And I was like, you know what? You, I need to get off this again. But before we, before we go into any of that, I just want to, I really want to, uh, before we go into what you're doing now and, and the help you're creating in the industry now, I want to just dive into, obviously, when you were nursing, you then, you then, when was the first time you thought, right, I, I can be a professional bodybuilder. I've got the genetics for this. And you started to compete for the British. And then you started to compete on the world stage at Olympia. Because I really want to touch on the fact that you've been on the same stage as Ronnie Coleman. Do you know what I'm saying? A few times. I, 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 um, I used to buy magazines. <clears throat> so you couldn't get a magazine locally. I live in St. Albans. And I had to import, you had to get the magazines imported. There were no publishers here. They didn't have a um, branch here. So we used to get the magazine from a shop in Barnet, and I'd go on the on the bus. And because I used to, part of my nursing training was in Barnet General Hospital. So I, you know, in fact, um, that's where my marriage certificate was, you know, was registered in Barnet. So I'd, I'd travel and get these magazines, bodybuilding magazines. And I used to read them from cover to cover because I wanted to learn, and I realized that it was about nutrition. None of those magazines in the eighties talked about drugs. Was, nobody talked about it. It wasn't as overtly, you know, um, you know, discussed as um, as it was back then. And then, so I I thought that these guys were natural. Like, so I trained and trained. I was, I, I, and that's why I I frown upon these calorie counting wankers because that's what I learned. That was my calorie counting was my old school. Then we realized that that's bullshit. I was eating ten thousand calories a day. 
my wife is my witness. I would blend lots of stuff, put everything in the blender, put ice cream, and then I would drink it and I'll shit it all out because I'm lactose intolerant. But I thought you had to get the calories in. And then I didn't realize that you had to, people took steroids. I had no idea. And then, so I was training in my room. I joined the recreation center. I was doing a bit. I started, you know, putting on, I could see my biceps. My arms were over 20 inches, 100% natural. But I got to about 15 stone. I couldn't get any further. And it doesn't matter what, how much I ate. And then I joined the gym. It's called Fitness Connection. And um, <clears throat> I mean, I can say this because the guys passed away. <laughs> so arrested, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a really nice guy, owner of the gym. I walked into a gym in 1990. The first time I walked into a proper gym. And then the owner of the gym came up, Keith Bruin. He actually used to train in this gym. And then he opened his own gym because he fell out with the owner at the time. And he, he said to me, dude, what are you on? And I didn't realize what he meant. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, what do you take? I'm like, I don't take anything. And he goes, dude, you are lying. You must be on something. But then you think about it, I've never really been exposed to um, decent leg equipment. It's all arms and chest, shoulders. The pictures I've got on social media where I didn't done any movements in my shoulders, but my arms were out here. And he says to me, dude, if you're not um, on anything now, imagine if you take, if you want to be a bodybuilder, you have to take this. And I said, okay. So he got me, I mean, can I talk about this? Yeah, 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 go for it. He got me three sustenons. This is 750 milligrams of um, testosterone. It's an ester, so he's got, he's got like um, um, compound. We've got three different um, combinations. You've got, you've got testosterone, and, and, and no, testosterone propionate, test phenopropionate, test um, decanate, and um, something else. Isocarpate, that's it. The three testosterone, four. And, and then with that, I took 600 milligrams, no, 500, 500 milligrams of decadurabulin. That's what I was on. He said to me, do this for 14 weeks. I went from 15 and a half to 19 stone in that time. In four weeks? In, no, 14 weeks. And 14 weeks. And people in the gym were like, shit. And that's when, that's when I knew I could build muscle. I grew. And that's what I advise people. If you want to, it doesn't matter where you want to go in bodybuilding, start off, do a few years training naturally, get your body. And if you want to take something, get your... Get your body to its full capacity first, yeah. There, there are people dying in their 20s. I didn't take the steroids until I was 27, you know. So you, you, got, you, you got to your full uncapped capacity. At, 100%. At, and, then, and then you had to turn the tap on because you wanted to get into the position where you're going to go and compete at Mr. Olympia. Yes. Yeah. Not, you, you weren't taking it like they are today to go and look good on the beach in Ibiza. Did you know, I'm, sometimes I put um, posts up and people say stuff like... Um, Actually, we were, I don't know, my daughter's saying, yeah, she, she'll tell you this. We, we were cleaning some of the shelves and um, there was a, a loaded up syringe. Load, loaded up syringe. And she goes, that, it's been there for years. What's that doing here? I said, after I gave up bodybuilding, I, I thought, I'm going to have one more shot. I loaded it up. I couldn't do it. I could not stick that fucking thing in me. Because it's just like, like I was glad yeah. to be stopping 
that shape because it takes, it gives you the alpha male syndrome. 2017, that's when I stopped everything and I had to go counseling because it's like something had been opened, turned back on in my head. And I felt like a different person. And that's when I realized I'm looking around people, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing around me? You just, that's how I know these drugs affect. You don't realize that it affects, affects the wiring of your brain. And I, I noticed a big difference. And I look at my kids and I think, why the hell are they still talking to me? Because I was an asshole. I mean, I might not have been they're the, ones that, the only ones that I was really I tried my best with. But still, you can't raise children when you're constantly off your head. You think you don't realize you're only off your head because the effects of these drugs are insidious. You don't wake up in one morning and then, you know. Is it, is it the DECA mainly that kind of puts you in this kind of state where you kind of want to fight the world? It's a testosterone, generally. It, t- testosterone, you know, you know, we're not meant to be exposed to that amount of testosterone. No, no, we're not. And what were some of the byproducts of you being exposed to that, the, the kind of negative sides for you? It's, it's difficult, though, because at that time, you don't really pay much attention to it. I've got prostate problems, you know, had peripheral neuropathy, why you get a, pins and needles down my arm all the time. I've got, I mean, that could be a sign of using certain, eating certain types of food because we were, I was doing a lot of insulin at one point because the steroids used to give me panic attacks, like literally be running out of my house two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't take a lot of them. You know, I know people take, I couldn't take a third of what, let's say most of the pros were taking. So, Insulin is something that really worked very well for me, but that gave me problems. I, I've got, I had peripheral neuropathy. One of the reasons why I changed my lifestyle to fit, to do what I'm doing now, because I healed myself. I realized that shit, you can actually um, heal yourself. Listen, here's the thing: in 2016, there's a Japanese, um, you know, doctor um, Ushimi. He won the Nobel Prize for discovering autophagy. You know, same, just like in the 1930s that. Otto Warburg, he he um, was what he discovered that um, cancer cells thrive on insulin um, glucose. But we, the medical profession is just sitting on this information; they can use it to heal themselves. There's a guy, you know what I mean? So, so, I, so you understood then from from this point yes. on that it's it's the current diet that most people are following in their day to day life that's fueling these cancerous cells in their body, that's fueling all these kind of ailments that they can get down the track. Frankie, one in two of us will get cancer. In fact, there are some um, um, statistics that say it's two in, um, three in five of us. And, and they're also telling us that nine out of ten illnesses are, are metabolically related. That means it's what we eat. And then we're all sitting here listening to... I'm not saying don't listen to your doctors. I just say I'm, I, I, I'm, an, I'm, I'm a qualified nurse and sometimes I'm not trying to speak against the doctors, but doctors need their training need updating. And I will... I, I, it's 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 a difficult thing to say because you we need the doctors, but the doctors are good for the acute illnesses, for um, trauma, for diagnosis. But when it comes to chronic illness, I think when it comes to chronic illness, when they say, "Oh, there's no," I think it's it's in your family. Most of the illnesses that we got, most of what's wrong with us, is because it's what we put in our what we're doing daily, especially what we eat. You know, you know, if you go IBS, you're not born with IBS. Something has happened to cause the IPS. Some, something, yeah. So, so, so I was trained as a nurse using a system called the allopathic system where you find the, the symptom. You go to the doctor and you go rushing around and the doctor says, 
you know, with the rash, looks at it, gives you a cream. If the cream doesn't work, sends you to a dermatologist. Whereas we're saying, well, there's a fucking reason why the, um, the rash came in your eye. Unless you've been running around in um, stinging net- nettles and um, cactus, then there's a reason. Something has happened. Something's going on. And usually, it's something to do with the gut. We're ignoring the gut. The Hippocrates said that in a long, long time ago, at whatever BC, said every disease starts from the gut. It's just some other crazy shit, but this is, it's the truth. The gut is in charge. If you assume that everything is wrong, that's wrong with you, it's related to what you eat. So when you're told, um, when you get up in the morning, you think, hang on, I've got this, I've got that, you've got to always find out, could it be what I'm doing? And I'm, I'm saying to people, look, investigate, because we've been giving the wrong information about food. And it winds me up because I know people who are healing themselves just by creating the environment for their bodies to heal themselves. That's why I'm making a lot of noise on social media. I didn't actually set out to to even write an e-book or anything like that. That, that came up with these two here. They're the ones who saw, basically, they saw what I'm doing. There's Manx and Fahad over here. They saw what I'm doing and they tried it and it worked. And they like, you know, came and said, look, um, I think we only had about 80,000 followers at that time. And they're like, January, was it? January. And they like came in, Eddie, you need to, because they believe in what we're doing. And they are 21 year old boys here because they tried what, what I say, I'm saying and they tried with their families and they're, they, they're, they're feeling good. Listen, most of what's wrong with us, it's through what we're eating. If you remember that, you're saved. I think it's so easy these days to get conned into taking all these supplements and kind of th- and kind of what you're preaching to the world and kind of what I've started to understand from you is that you're saying take start taking things away from and start seeing if these illnesses these 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 skin conditions and everything starts to fall off first before you start taking other stuff. It sh- medication shouldn't be the first line of you know. Um, um, what's the word treatment because there's a reason you know we're talking about the allopathic system again symptom remedy cure that's what the allopathic system tells you and I'm saying symptom root cause and then find relief simple as that it is simple it can be done but then people are so you see some of the I don't know if you read some of the um hate that I get from on I, I, I read funny. I read the comments and most most of the comments that that I see that are negative towards your content they all aim at you in regards to you previously taking steroids a lot of, in a lot of cases right um which I used to which, start which, as well they're going to judge me for that no but you know what I mean it's just it's 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 people are going to say that because I, I'm not going to deny the fact that I was a meathead for years that's what bodybuilding is about you know you I couldn't get to, couldn't stand next to Ronnie Coleman. Do you know how difficult it is? He was number one. Jay Cutler was number one. To get to stand, to get a comparison to these guys, you had to take your body to a different level, and that's what I did. You couldn't, I couldn't get to where I got to without taking what I took. And I'm, What was the closest you placed to these boys? Well, I qualified for the Olympia, and I didn't actually care about the Olympia. I just wanted the qualification. Because as much as people don't want to hear it, the Olympia, um, on the whole... It's more of an exhibition than a competition. Come on. You think anybody's going to dethrone Miss Olympia? They're going to do that sponsorship deals, bullshit. I just got that year, I took the opportunity to make money. The best I pro, pre, placed third in the pro show, that's how I qualified. That was my aim. I wanted to qualify for the Olympia in the States. Because if you qualify in any of this, 
at that time, I don't know what it's like. We had three, um, a few competitions there. Knights Champions, the Arnold Classic, um, what else? And the Ironman. This is the, t- the top five qualified for the Olympia at those three shows. And I wanted to qualify at one of them because then um, you get more credibility from them. Americans never respected some of the Europeans. Maybe not now, but at that time, if you qualified in Europe, so you only qualified because there was no one there was a qualified when had good competitors, competitors competing. I looked at uh, an interview with Ronnie Coleman about two months ago, and he said that the average gym bro these days is taking more gear than what he was when 100%. he was stand, standing on stage. 100%. I see them, yeah. And they, come on, you see people dying. But, but here's my, um, my point. Bodybuilding was about nutrition. I learned nutrition. We used to chew desiccated liver tablets. We used to dice up liver and eat them raw because it's about creating the environment for your body to build the muscle, creating the, 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 the vessel. Whereas these kids, because the food industry, and they've got this, I call them the dumb brigade, they're online telling people, eat this and all this protein, yogurts and all of that. That's not food. And what happens is, you see, I don't know if you, I don't know how much of my um, videos you've watched. You see, we don't just need macronutrients, which are the proteins and the carbs and the fats. That's what they all talk about. Macros, macros, protein. Now you're not going to eat your protein and calories. This is what we were saying today. The smartest, the most, the cleverest thing the food industry did was convince people not to look at ingredients, but to look at the calories. So put a massive big calorie in front so you don't look at the shit at the back. Look at the ingredients and then try and, first of all, try and pronounce them and then try and look them up. These kids, these guys are eating these foods. And apart from that, you know, when you eat, so if you, let's say, eat um, a Mars bar or what do you eat more? Cocoa Pops. If you finish training, you eat Cocoa Pops. Now, those foods are literally nutrient free, they are non foods, they are empty calories. The only thing that your body can absorb from that is the sugar. And because there are no nutrients in there, if you eat a sweet potato, a sweet potato contains micronutrients. So the sweet potato gets into your body, your mouth, as um, calories. And then you got the micronutrients like the vitamins, um, um, magnesium, the B vitamins, the calcium, the potassium, the sodium in there. And those things help convert the calories from the from that into other energy or tissue. But when you eat foods like cocoa pops, they don't have those micronutrients. So your body has to steal from within itself and that weakens your immune system because you, you And doesn't allow you to build muscle essentially. That's why they take a lot of drugs. I just call it call it stupidity because I don't understand how then again I say this and I always get in, um upset people when I say that I, I, I was a bodybuilder for years, and um, we are not the sharpest tools in the toolbox, are we? No, we're not. We, 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 we're not collectively. We're not the smartest. That's why it's easy for people to pull the wool over our eyes. Because we would say, you see, there was a saying back in the day, if you give a bodybuilder a syringe and it said to them, dude, take this, you know, you're going to be big for two days, but you're going to be dead in three them more, or think about it. Because bodybuilding is addictive. 
Steroids are addictive. They're both addictive. And when I came off it, it was like, shit, what do I do with myself? Did, did, you, did you struggle the most with the fact that like, when you were bigger, you, you get an identity of being this big guy, this big chiseled guy. You, you built your identity. You've built your self-worth around this image of how you look on that stage. People looking at you, people clapping you, all the admiration. Everyone's looking up to you, essentially, in that, in that industry. When you build yourself to that level of the world's looking at me and I'm this big thing, when you come off the steroids, I bet that hits your mental health like an absolute steam train because you, you've now got to find out who the fuck you really are. <clears throat> That's, I know a lot of people say that I did a, um, it was a seminar, I think, in 2019, and we had a few old-school bodybuilders, and they were saying, most of them were saying, I was depressed, I was depressed. Well, it wasn't too much, so much with me. I'll tell you why. Because I had so many adverse effects from being that size. I had to put a beater in my, my toilet because I couldn't wipe my own ass. And it just, it's, it's it, we're talking about, I used to get panic attacks. I used to get a sleep apnea. So in a way, I was, there was a bit of relief not to be that big. Just slim down a little bit, you know. I went, I went from 23 and a half stone I went down to about 20, so 21, so I stayed there for a while. And then after the, recently, I thought, I don't want to be like that anymore. But do you, do you remember that day, though? Do you remember that day you said no more drugs, no more, ster- no more steroids? It, it sort of happened by, by chance, because 2014, 2015, I wanted to make a comeback because I, I bought the gym. Around the time that you came, I bought the gym, and I thought, you know what, just to add a bit of, you know, just keep yourself current. But then I started prepping a lot of people. And then... I started seeing how these drugs, this war gave me the push. I started noticing things. There was a time when there was a British finals. I had about 30, 40 competitors competing one weekend. That's how, how well we're doing. But the problem was I was seeing the change in their personalities constantly. And they, 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 it's, it's selfish. It's so um, involving. It takes over your... Like, and you don't realize it. And you, sometimes you see them coming with their partners. And then I look at their partners and I'm thinking, God, I wonder what my family went through. Their partners are accepting it. Because, like I said, it's a gradual process. And you see people accepting stuff. I'm thinking, and you see, I, I, I thought, no. I don't want, that's why I stopped prepping people. Because I didn't want now prep a few people. Because you, you realized essentially that you're putting people through the same pains as you'd already lived through and kind of not come to terms with. I'm a nurse, and nurses are supposed to heal people. I'm a psychiatrist, and they're supposed to look at people's mental health. And I'm actually causing, making it worse. I was making it worse because you see the change in these people. And, you can't, and I'm thinking, I, can't, I, couldn't, I could not deal with that anymore. Because it's not, it, it's, I think, and I discourage quite a few people from taking it further. So did you, did you, I imagine then you felt like you were this nurse on one side of the coin that wanted to help people, heal people, make people better, but you were completely going against everything that you believed and everything you were taught back in even Kenya. Absolutely. And, and you, you were now doing this, but you'd never realised it when you were bodybuilding. It's only when you've stopped taking the stuff yourself, you're now prepping people. They're taking the same stuff as what you were, and now you're seeing it from a third party and thinking, okay, how was my daughter? How was my wife? How was I treating these people behind the scenes was, and all it that? Was, it was awful because you don't, it's, I think nobody realizes it. And we, we, we rationalize it. You know, somebody says, oh, you know, these terrorists make you um, angry. Oh, no, no. 
not really. If you're, if you're an aggressive, it makes you aggressive. No, no. If you're an aggressive person, you become aggressive. I'm thinking, well, not really. It turns you into a dick. I see people all the time, and you can see even their faces. I'm thinking, I see one of the guys sitting here, every time he went into the gate, I could tell by his lips. He wasn't aware of it. His partner wasn't aware of it. I'm like, you're taking something. How do you know? Because you can see the change in even your facial expressions. It just, it's a... Uh, We've normalized stereotyping in the fitness industry. And I realized that I wasn't dealing with anyone on the same level. When you're on that stuff, your thought process is a compromise. It doesn't matter who you are. They wouldn't admit it. You know, there's one of the top pros in the Britain now. He's um, overtly going on about, I've just had my, uh, my gynecomastic taken out, I've had my surgery, and he's showing it off and thinking, what the fuck is that? That is because he's taking a lot of steroids and you've got breasts from it, and you're bragging about having them done. You know what I mean? Because all oh, that shit is normalised. So, oh. so it's, it's, it's like it's like blind leading the blind in the fitness industry, where like you know the, where the people at the top that have the accolades are kind of leading these other people. But then when you step off stage, like you did, you kind of think, "Fucking hell!" Like this, this is not. I'm leading people down the wrong path here, and I don't want to be this way. It, there's, there's, um, I, I, if you look at my social media, we listen to, we respond to a lot of messages. And um, I can say that, um, um, what's the word? Um, Empathetic. No, I'm, I'm, I'm helping people. I'm, I'm paying my dues by warning so many young people. We get the messages every single day. We get so many, thank you, thank you. I didn't realize, I didn't realize this. People who are telling us they stop taking these drugs, they stop eating junk food, and that makes me happy because I know that I'm helping some of some of them because they don't they, they're not even aware of it. Yeah, when yeah. you're in it, it's like a race. It's like I, I always say that when I stop bodybuilding, it's like I've just been on a trip and I've just come out of it. I think I, I think the most beautiful thing for me looking from the outside in to what you're doing now is the fact of like you've you've used your journey now and your knowledge from both sides of nursing and bodybuilding which most don't have you've put them together so you can explain clearly to the people coming up exactly, yeah, exactly I'm also trying to, to sell my two ebooks it's 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 <laughs> I I we get a lot of messages from people like every single day um this Lauren senior she spent seven hours one day and we still haven't gone to the end of them yet and you realize that so many people need help. So that's why we wrote the book. And it's reaching a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if you've seen um, the book at all. I bought it. Oh, good. I bought it. <laughs> but, okay, good. but did you understand what, yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think the book's phenomenal because it just makes it in plain English. I'm, I've, got, I'm, I've got to implement a lot of the stuff in my life too. But I wanted to kind of understand what's in it and stuff like that before before we sat yes. down today and all that kind of stuff but mate i think the way obviously you've transformed yourself like i was saying before from from you know by putting these nursing and bodybuilding together has been mad but one of the places where it's been the maddest kind of journey is to see how you've healed your body so i want you to break down for this audience like how what what was going on with your body and how you've then approached those ailments so that you can so that we can showcase on here how you've healed yourself you know, this story, and I say to cut a long story short, but I like cutting short stories long. I, my, my, um, my daughter, my chef, she 
from age 15 and 11, she was going through so many things. We were going through different doctors. Every neurologist has seen her. She had to have these scans, and they're saying that she's got, there might be a brain tumor. And it's scary when you're telling an 11-year-old, doctor says you've got a brain tumor. And it, we didn't know what it was. Constant headaches. And then, but in, I knew that it was something to do with what she ate. But at the time, I couldn't step out of the box. I was a bodybuilder. This, and then um, all of this started, I think, 2017, my journey of what I'm doing now started. I was, I put up um, a post, 2016, I put up a post up on Facebook. And then a young man commented and he said, Eddie, is it true that whey protein affects your prostate? Listen to this. And you know when people write shit and you think, oh, but for, for, for a long time, I mean, from my 40s, because of taking steroids and all of that, I had problems with urination, you know, and, um, and I, had, I knew I was going to have prostate problems. You know that the steroids, um, that what you're doing, especially taking a lot of insulin, is going to exacerbate it. And um, I, and I thought, so I stopped taking, drinking whey protein. And that pain that I had in my right, right testicle almost all the time went away. Then I discovered functional nutrition. And I thought, oh my God, everything they were talking about is practically what we were doing when I started bodybuilding. It's all about nutrition. It's all about um, making your, your body a vessel. You need to prepare it to build muscle. How, how, does, how do bodybuilders count calories? It's the most ludicrous um, idea. Think about it. It's not about calories. It's about nutrients. You need the nutrients to build muscle. You know what I mean? You just don't need protein. You need... Anyway, so... I discovered and I realized that um, I could heal myself. The more I delved into it, the more I realized that, oh my God, this is what I learned as a bodybuilder. And I kept learning. And eventually we started and started to repair what was wrong with Selena. When it was trying to repair what was wrong with me, I had peripheral neuropathy, like I said. I had problems with it, I had panic attacks. My knees were sore, my joints. I, w- I always had wrist straps on, even when I was doing legs. My knees were that bad. Um, my my wrists were that bad, my knees, my elbows. And then eventually, all of them, I just changed. I just literally followed. The more I studied, the more I realized that, oh, my God, we've been lied to in the fitness industry. This is what we did before the supplement companies came along. And, I mean, my com- one of the com- companies that I was sponsored by, they sent me on courses where I learned about whey protein. I learned about the bioavailability of whey protein and how important it was and creatine and all this ATP and all of that. And it's all bullshit. It's all to sell as products, and we bought into it. But then, even at that time when I was competing, they were all supplements. Now they become what people eat all the time. I mean, I mostly chicken and rice. We had chicken and rice, we had lamb, you know, steak, we had porridge in the morning, and the eggs, lots of eggs. I used to eat 38 eggs every day. When I was nursing, I'd eat eight for breakfast, and then three of my meals were oats blended into... Um, 10 eggs, knock it back. There were no shakers then. So I'd put my food in food flasks. And when you got caught in the ward, you get into trouble. So when I was a student nurse, and the nurse, would, their sister would tell me, Eddie, Eddie, Edward, these are your patients. And I'll hide them under their beds. And then um, I'd knock it back. And it's honestly, when I knocked it back, it felt like it was swishing around. But I grew. I was strong. I just I built muscle. There was no complications. Everything was food. We ate real food. None of this. Everything's got protein on it. I was looking in the shop just now, and Snickers. 
and Maltesers. They got their own protein powders. Come on. And it's, it's simply just a marketing trade. But I know from looking at your social media that the other day, you, uh, a few days ago, you posted about the bioavailability in terms of what can be used from the nutrient density of the food to build muscle between an egg and whey protein. Can you break that down for me? So, so whenever I say, this, I say, where's your source? I learned this in the 80s. I'm like, do your own research. Here's the thing, right? Um, when you eat a protein, right, um, your body takes the, the food and then breaks it down to amino acids and then uses it to build, okay? This, this, this is how um, I describe it. You've got a bucket full of lettuce, okay? And um, to, for, a, for a protein to be complete, it needs to have all the nine essential amino acids for a protein to be complete. So um, we're talking about, some people say eight, because histidine can be made by the other, the other eight. So you've got nine essential amino acids, every protein. So you got a box, the amino acids, that you, the protein that you eat gets converted into amino acids, broken down to amino acids. Now, if you, let's say in my book, I, I say it, you're writing the word favorite, nine-letter word, okay? You need how many? Um, if you want, you want to write, to make, to build muscle, you want to literally use as many of the amino acids as possible to form the nine Letters, you know, the more nine-letter words that you can form, the better it is. We're using the nine-letter letter, letters. The letters represent the amino acids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like valine, uh, mycelucine, leucine, all that, all the amino acids. So, in if you're trying to form a nine-letter word using a box of letters, it doesn't matter how many letters that you have. If you have one F, you can only f- write that word once. Do you understand that? And so if you get, let's say, a box of, let's say, 100 letters, you can write um, favorite 50 times with an egg, 48, but we say 50 times. Whereas whey protein is 17 times out of the 100. It's the cheapest and the shittiest protein. Plus, right now, Way it's so a protein is so expensive because of all these wars and all that going on, expensive. So they add so much of that shit to it. So fillers and stuff, fillers and all of that. You know, these people buying it. And you look at people, seeing people like skin conditions, and even though they build muscle because they have to take their drugs, the more you drink stuff like that because that's not. I hope does that make sense with that, what I'm saying about the amino acids? So basically, from what I've got from that is there's 17 percent availability in the whey protein, but there's 44 percent, 48, 48 percent availability in the, in the egg and meat and um, whatever. It's like 30 to 32 percent meat, fish, and all of that. So it's, it makes sense to use. So pound for pound, essentially, what you're saying is it's cheaper and better to and more bioavailable to use real food than it is to use any supplementation. We broke it down the other day on one of the diagrams on, on my videos. So if you eat, let's say, um, a 20-gram um, protein in whey, it's less effective than two eggs because of what your body can use to build muscle. It's crazy. And the people, we watch, look at my um, social media. There are people who are changed there. Oh, my God, Eddie, you're right. I changed I'm eating only eating eggs, and I feel stronger. I feel I'm building muscle. It's, 
the truth. We've been, we, come on. You, I'm preaching that we shouldn't eat processed food. So, so essentially a lot of this audience are going to be between the ages of 18 and 40, yeah. right? Yeah. It's going to be 60% men, 40% female on this, that listen to this podcast, right? How, what, what would be the key steps that you'd give these, this audience right now in order from, from start, from removing stuff to, to getting their health better? What would be the key steps for you right now? Because everyone, everyone essentially wants to change their life. Everyone essentially wants to get rid of these ailments. Some of them may have psoriasis. Some of them may have eczema. Some of them may have irritable bowel. I don't know what they've got. We don't know what they've got. But let's just say you were going to give like an overall thing of, the, of how they could approach it. What would you say? I think we are constantly fighting the medical profession because... People believe, you know, how many times do I get told, you're not a doctor, because people won't listen to me. But I believe that a lot of the doctors, the doctors need their training updated. If you want to um, actually put a 14-day challenge on my um, social media, and I said, for two weeks, just take replace everything, every um, processed food that you're eating with real food. Find an alternative. If you're eating Cocoa Pops, eat sweet potatoes. If you're eating um, bagels, eat um, wild rice. If you're eating, um, let's say, um, protein powders, stop it. Eat eggs, eat fish, eat red meat, eat chicken, and then see how different you feel. And I, I'm, I know for a fact that they'll start feeling different because these fruits actually contain stuff like... We, it's all about the gut. Everything about us, it's the gut. And if you're putting the wrong stuff in here, it's not going to serve you right. So I'm trying to get these guys to. So if you want, if you want to start, just fix your gut by changing your food choices. Don't eat anything that's got emulsifiers in it. Don't eat anything that's got stabilizers. I thought stabilizers for bike bicycles. I don't eat anything that's got like um, natural colorings and natural flavorings. That word natural is loose. They can do whatever they want. You know, they can bogey in it and say it's natural because it's natural. It came from a human being. Do you know what I mean? The word natural has become so, and whatever. So just eat. it's very, it's, it's very like woo woo, isn't it? It's very, yes. it's, it encapsulates a lot of stuff. You can put anything. It's the buzzwords, you know, gluten free. But, 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 but what happens if they're like, you know what, Eddie, I love my Domino's, I like my McDonald's, I've been working hard all week. What what about these people out there that just, you know, oh, it's, it's Saturday, I want to have a, a, a grenade protein bar, I want to do this, I want to do that. What's your, what's, what would you say to people like that that, that do want to have that shit? Only dogs need treats. We're human beings. We don't need treats like that. If you're trying to build muscle, the discipline to build, to because... I think building muscle is easier than they've made it. But you need to be disciplined. The ability to decide, right, I want to focus on building muscle and then focus. Once you get to where you want to get to, then it can be a bit more flexible. But right now, no. I, I, I don't compromise. I've got um, one of my um, clients says to me, she's a PT, and she says, you know, the problem with you is that people come to you when they want to make changes because I don't, I don't play um Games. If you don't want, you're, you can, when you come to me, you're doing what I'm saying. Otherwise, don't come. It's not about the money. Okay, we are work, working for money, but money doesn't motivate me. Success motivates me. You sitting there telling me, you know what, Eddie, my psoriasis is gone because I listen to you. That's worth more to me than any amount of money because it's we're being conned, we're being lied to about food. You know what I mean? If somebody comes to me and says to me, Eddie, you know, at the weekends I want to eat that, I always say, look. Have one cheat meal. I have one one family meal where we just you know we 
just sometimes I have a packet of biscuits, I have a bit of this, enjoy it. But and that's not that's not how I eat. Ninety percent of the time, I know what my body needs. When you do have a little bit of what you term as shit nowadays, does it, do you automatically feel it straight away in your body that you, you've consumed something that your body shouldn't have? It depends on what it is. You know, there are certain things that I can I can digest. You know, I can digest bread. Bread. Doesn't, I, don't, I don't have any adverse effect. The only thing that got me once was I didn't have my reading glasses, so, so I bought a packet of um, cashew. Um, I thought they were just sorted cashews because sorted cashews, but they were um, caramel with some other stuff. I ate it. Literally. I had to fast for three days because I thought I was going to lose my gut, my um, intestines. Just on fasting, because obviously that's a good topic to go into. It's like how much do you fast and how do you kind of set yourself up to fast? Because obviously fasting is meant to be one of the epitome of what you should do with your body these days. I think um, it's, it's, it's like a new thing, even though it isn't. You see, we are, um, it doesn't matter how we get away from it. We are hunter-gatherers. Our bodies are designed the same way, but our behavior has changed. Our forefathers didn't have um, Tesco. They didn't have um, Morrison's. Everything. They didn't have all these processed stuff that we are exposed to. We are supposed to feast famine, you know, feast famine, not just feast and famine, not constantly eating. Now, food's available. We get food all the time. Now, the body has superpowers when you don't feed it, and it's been proven. We've seen it so many times. So, listen, um, my, I fasted with my daughter once, and she was talking about it one day. We were both doing like a prolonged fast, three hours and three days, 72 hours, and then I think it was about um, the 60th hour or something. It was about midnight, and we were both standing in the kitchen, dancing away, jumping up. Energy was through the roof. Now, someone who said, oh, no, you were not hungry. No, your body is designed to heal itself. So this is how um, I understand it. You, your cells, when there's no food coming in, it says, your body says, guys, stop. There's nothing coming in. Get rid of all of this shit. That's you it. start to get rid of all the toxins all in your the body. All the toxins, all the shit, all the cells that your body doesn't need gets re- recycled. Your body has a reset button. The only time we can set, reset um, our bodies is if we don't feed it so much. Now we're just like, food is all the time. And we've been told you need three meals a day and you need um, to snack in between. And we bought into that. And then nine out of ten um, illnesses are related to what we're eating. And then they're telling us two, one in two of us will get cancer. And we're not putting the two and two together and saying, right, guys, is it because of what we eat? I fasting, I get up in the morning, I come to the gym and I train. Do you know, someone asked me the other day, said to me, actually one of these guys said to me, so would you, would you, would you ever sort of um, do, um, you know, bodybuild again? I said, if I was going to build uh, my physique now, I'd be fucking awesome because I know exactly what to do. All that shit about carbohydrate being the body's preventing source. If it was, why would your body take the carbohydrate and then turn into fat? You know what I mean? So what you're saying then is is the myth that people have been sold is that carbohydrates are needed for fuel, whereas you're saying the best source of fuel in your body is fat. Okay, so um, if you if, if you look at 
carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are carbon. A carbohydrate is carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Actually, it's, um, you know, carbon, six carbons, I think 12 hydrogen, and then six oxygen. Fat is the same, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, just in a different form. In fact, protein is the same, except that there's a sprinkle of um, nitrogen. They're all the same. They are, that means they are interchangeable. But we've been brainwashed. Look, at any given time, your body can only have a teaspoon of um, glucose in it. Whereas you can store a ton of fat. You know what I mean? And it, it's a better energy source. It's got twice the amount of calories. Um, listen, I know there's... Um, it, it does make sense because it goes against what most bodybuilders know. But in my ebook, my muscle building ebook, I just put everything out there. I'm trying to, anybody who's got, who's intelligent enough to listen to what I'm saying will build muscles so easily. Basically, you can use fats to build muscle as the energy source. So do, so do we need carbohydrates? The, the jury is still out. If you ask me, no, not really. I think we don't. I, I, but if you're if you're living most of your life now on chicken and rice, you're consuming a lot of carbohydrates, right? I did, yes. But then I had panic attacks, I had peripheral neuropathy, I had um, sleep apnea, I had all ah, of that. So that's how you were eating? Absolutely, that's when I was eating those foods. I wasn't really eating them. So, so in terms of a meal then, so let's just break it down so that people can get it nice and easy. So you've gone from chicken and rice, which was like obviously, obviously protein and carbs, to yeah. what now would replace chicken and rice in your diet? So, um, and still hit the calories that you need to, have to maintain your body size? Yeah, but, but let's get away from the word calorie for a minute because I, I, I don't like that word. I think that's why we are in trouble. So, we, okay, we need, let's use it, okay, to get the calories in. Um, we, I built muscle. I built muscle. In the book, I explain the two systems that I use to build muscle. I built muscle using carbohydrates and lean protein. That's when the chicken and rice came in, the porridge and egg whites and all of that, carbohydrates and lean protein. That's how we built muscle. And then um, if... I was to do it now. In fact, my clients now, the ones who are doing really well, my friend Andrew came in last week, last week, and he goes to me, I don't get it. I said, why? Because it's an old client. He goes, I feel amazing, and I'm growing. I said, I don't understand. I'm losing fat, and I'm growing. So what, what I would do now, what I, which in my ebook, is teach your body to use both, to learn to use both carbohydrates and fats. As it's in primary, as an energy source, because right now most of us are not metabolically flexible. We are rely, reliant on carbs, 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 and even the medical professionals tell you all the nutritionists. It's a boy I, I used to work with. He came in and he's, he's a dietitian now. And started tell, talking to me. He said, "Since he mentioned egg whites, I'm like, dude, I don't want you here." He goes, "Why?" Well, I'm like, "You're still in. You guys are still in that shit. And egg whites, pointless." So I would. But right now, what I would do is this. If I were to bodybuild again, um, I'd get up in the morning and I would need train and then four meals, cram them in within 10 hours and then fast for the 14 hours. Why, why within 10 hours? Why, why 10, not 8? Why not 4? Why not, yeah, do you know what I mean? Why well, you 10? can reduce it, but it's difficult to get four, 
get that many calories. Yeah, so you, you have a two and a half hour break in between each it's, meal. It's, it's hard, isn't it, when you're trying to, because I'm not really a big eater and I'd be sitting there thinking I'm, I'm full, full. So in a way, even the, if you can bring the meals down to even three and cram them into six hours, even better. But I think most of the bodybuilding industry are close-minded to this. If they actually open their minds, they find that muscle building is a lot easier. But I, because if you train fasted, then that actually um, simulates um, autophagy when you train fasted. Because it's high-intensity training. But training, weight training, it's hit. Do you get? Do you understand? Do you, do you, do you so you turn your weight training to hit by doing it with the intensity that you should be well, done with. Well, weight training has always been hit. If you if you sit on the bench and then hammer it for like um, thirty, how many for like about um, thirty seconds to forty seconds, and then rest for ninety seconds, that's it. But nobody because I, my blood, my heart rate goes up to about one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty, and then comes back down again. That's it. That's always been hit, except that we don't do burpees and all that. So, so what what is in those four meals essentially? Okay, so um, I, I'll tell you what like I eat now because sometimes I eat three three and a half meals, sometimes I eat four. My first meal is between six and eight eggs, depending on what kind of fats I want to have with it. Sometimes I'll have avocado, sometimes I'll have some cheese. Um, yeah, avocado cheese. That's about it. So, so you're very like protein and now and now f- and healthy fats yes. is essentially what healthy you are. Fats. That's yes. how you, that's how you've transformed yourself. Be- because there is more calories in um, the energy from fat, and you can burn no. it quicker because your body's more efficient. Because your body's got to change the carbohydrate essentially into a fat to be able to use it. Is that what you're saying? Um, okay, we, we're talking about. Let's, let's talk about. Um, um, the fats, okay? How you're able to... People say, oh, no, your brain your brain needs a certain amount of glucose. You've heard that before. Or oh, the brain needs a certain amount of glucose. Now, when you look at um, fat, fat, it's like triglyceride. There's a glycerin attached to it that your body can take out and convert into glucose. It's simple. The body's it's a clever machine that we're ignoring how it functions because you're all close-minded and carbs, 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 protein, protein, protein. You go to Aldi and fill your um, whatever with protein, pancakes and all that shit. That's no food. You know what I mean? Your body's designed. If you, you learn to use proper fats, because remember, your body can convert um, the fat. Okay, you, okay. so you can co- convert the um, carbohydrate into fats, but not the other way around, really. You can. But then there's a... Uh, a little, as I said, to work triglycerides, there's glycerin that's attached to um, the, um, you know, to the fat that can be broken off and used as glucose for, for your brain and as energy. So the, so the fats are working for you, whereas, because every time I have a lot of carbs, I always feel like, Ugh, like it just knocks me out. Here's, this is how it works, right? Um, Nobody wants to hear it, but we are hunter-gatherers. And I said that, and there's a doctor called AIDS on, on um, Instagram and TikTok. He was, called me out, made a whole video about it. He, he's about three years old. But anyway, he, he, what, it, what it was is that um, we are hunter-gatherers. Spring, summer, we're supposed to hunt, okay? Late autumn. That's when the fruits ripe, okay? 
We're supposed to eat the fruit into storing, prompting our bodies to store fat for a rainy day. Because it doesn't matter what terrain you go to, there is a rainy day. There's a time when you cannot hunt. Winter, you can go hunting in winter when you can't even drive your fucking car. That's, that's what happened. But the body's designed this way, our behavior has changed. So the sugar, we've isolated sugar and we've crystallized this white stuff and it's in everything that we eat. Now, late autumn is when you would have felt tired because your body is slowing down, preparing for winter. As soon as you eat the sugar, and when you talk about sugar, we talk about bread, we talk about potatoes, we talk about rice, all the grains. This is all sugar. So in the past, these idiots told us, you got, um, um, what's it called? Monosaccharide, and you got the disaccharide, and you got the polysaccharide, and they're all the same. They're all Multidextrin was, was the one in the Listen, day. Listen, that's what gave me the, the peripheral neuropathy. I used to put it in my fucking chicken drink. I used to put the damn thing in my chicken drink. I used to... And I remember my daughter would tell you, it's cool. I'm like, come, guys, you've got to call me. How many, how many times? Um, I've got hypo. I'd be like, this, shaking. That's from the multidextrin. Yes. And um, I remember once I made it for my wife. I, put, I made it because we were working busy, very busy. And she said, can you make me a, one of my chicken, your chicken drinks? So I made one for a blended multidextrin. And then she had, literally, she was shaking like that. Because multidextrin, on the glycemic um, numbers, like, Hundred something. It's one of the worst foods to eat. But we we're all eating it. This is the so reason why you're tired when you eat. You're tired is because as soon as you eat that those simple carbs, we talk about the, the monosaccharides. So they are telling you that you got complex carbs and you got simple carbs. Okay, you might we heard that before. Yeah, complex carbs and simple carbs, and some people are still saying the same shit. They are all the same. A monosaccharide, a disaccharide. And a polysaccharide are the same. A potato is supposed to be a polysaccharide. That means many glucose molecules linked together. And um, disaccharide is just two. But when, you, as soon as you put a potato in your mouth, there's an enzyme on the, in, in your saliva called amylase. It breaks the damn thing down to a monosaccharide for you to absorb. So the difference, the, 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 the speed at which um, let's say a potato gets into your bloodstream. It's not that much difference, different to a piece of cake. But we bought into that. The reason why you get you eat porridge in the morning and you only go to sleep because as soon as you eat that kind of food, your your body says, "Guys, stop! We've been told to store energy for a rainy day, so slow down. All your systems slow down. Your body releases a lot of insulin, and insulin's job has been told right. You go and store. It starts storing." Body won't spend and store at the same time. That's why you're knackered. But nobody's um, pointing this out to these kids who are walking around looking miserable. They got muscle. They feel like shit. They got backs under their eyes, skin conditions. Spotty. They, spotty. Pre workouts. They, because that's why you need it. Like, um, so the way I eat now, the energy from the food. So, so this is how it works. Every time you eat, your body has a choice on what to do with the energy from the food. Another story for you to use immediately or story for you to use when times are hard. The decision your body makes depends on the hormonal instructions attached to every food. Every food comes with hormonal instructions. And the foods that 
trigger a quick response from insulin. When you say hormonal instructions, we're talking about hormones like insulin, we're talking about leptin, we're talking about ghrelin. We're talking so about when you spike it? Every time you spike it, insulin comes from and insulin says, right, guys, we've been told to store energy for a rainy day. And then all systems are shut off. Energy expenditures minimize. Because if you if, if we're eating so much food telling our bodies that there's going to be a long winter and the long winter is not coming. And we've got people walking around, bodybuilders walking around with their guts hanging out. And you, you think, you know, they call it bubble guts, steroids. No, it's not. What it is, is they're eating shit. They're eating the wrong stuff. And that's why they got the gut. But they do not put two and two together. So, so the gut's not down to like, I thought the gut was down to like human growth hormone. It's a lie. It's what they're eating. I took human growth hormone in the past. My gut didn't turn out that way. It's what they're putting inside themselves. I can I I'll um, ask anybody who's got bubble gut to come to me, and I change it by changing their diet. It's all, they, they, hang on, you can't affect. It's the gut. The gut is reacting to something that they're eating. So the enemy, the enemy foods, the things that you shouldn't really be consuming. Then, as far as as far as we go for this conversation, are like wheat, uh, sugar. What other stuff should we be avoiding? The, 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 uh, when I was at the beginning, we talked about. Let's talk about what I learned through the magazines and through trial and error in the 80s when I was bodybuilding, wheat was out of the question, okay? Um, Patrick Nichols was one of my first ever trainers. He actually wanted to prep me when I was British champion. He introduced me to black and wild rice because it contained fiber, okay? And the oats that we had were bigger oats, less processed, a bit more fiber, um, we're talking about sweet potatoes. Those are the best carbohydrates to eat. Do you know what I mean? But right now, things are a little bit different. People just see whatever they want. As soon as you put, they put name um, big words on, you know, like protein and everything. They can put protein on, on condoms, and people just eat it because it says protein on it. Because protein become a buzzword, and people aren't reading what's on the back of it. And all the and all the ingredients. I mean, I saw uh, you put out this thing which had like thirty six different ingredients on the back of this protein bar, and it's like when you when you actually break that down. When, when I saw that video and it actually broke down in my head, I was thinking to myself, I've eaten these protein bars, and I've and I know that they're processed, but I've kind of ignored it and I've gone fucking thirty six ingredients in that. It, it is kind of ridiculous when you're talking about the protein source that's better than that is two eggs and that's one ingredient. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> so, yeah. Your body will, will benefit more. In fact, the protein um, bioavailability of the egg is a lot. It's, we're talking about um, what's 48 and um, 17. 17. Two, three times higher. Three times higher. Honestly, it's crazy. But then... If, so, if, so they can effectively eat less, marketing. Eat, eat, eat less, eat less, eat cheaper build more muscle, have less adversity in your body, have less gut problems, have less, less skin problems, less yeah. inflammation. Yeah. So essentially what... Build muscle e- quicker. E- everything that you teach now is, is all in essence to bring the inflammation in the body down. You know, I, um, I'll give you an example. There's a video that I put on, on TikTok, on social media, on Instagram as well, and I'm walking up my stairs. It was after the first lockdown. And you could see my knees were just bucket, literally just could not, through the bodybuilding, I've had, I mean, doctor says, oh, it's arthritis, you know, the weight that you, weight you're lifting. My knees are fine. It's all the inflammation. And I think people don't realize, see, see I see young girls in their 20s with 
needs support and like, dude, what are you doing? And when you look at their face, you can see all their backs and their eyes, their sporty face. You can, I can even tell what they're eating. I ate porridge when I was bodybuilding. I wouldn't eat porridge now. I ate white rice when I was bodybuilding. In fact, um, for three, no, nine weeks, I put a glucose monitor on just to see what foods. And one of the worst foods for me to eat was white rice. When I ate white rice, within boom, my blood sugar, my blood sugar went up to about 10, 11. It came back down. I'm like, whoa. It was even worse than bread for me. So if you know what's going to spike your blood glucose, you can keep those out of your system. And then, yes. you, and then when you've not got the spikes, you're not going to get the reactions that you have in the body. But, but it's if you're trying to, let's say, heal your joints, I would say stay away from the carbs. Because even with the fiber, they are still carbohydrates. It's still glu- um, um, glucose. And glucose, you know, inflammation. How, how do they antagonize their joints, though? It's inflammation, isn't it? So just inflammation, inflammation around around okay, the cartilage. So, 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 so listen, right? If you cut yourself, and I always use this example because if you cut yourself, the area swells up. That's your body's healing army. The white blood cells, everything is sent to the area to repair, you know. And then slowly, the inflammation might, the inflammation will go down. We talk about natural healing. Inflammation will go down. There'll be a soft scab, and then there'll be a hard scab, and then it heals. That's how the body's supposed to repair. Imagine all your cells are stuck at the swollen stage. That's what inflammation is. All your cells, including your brain cells, when you're eating these foods, so the body can't break these things down. So all these pathogens are stuck, and they literally just you're swollen, but inside. And that's why these guys, you can see, that's why you, my joints, I was shocked. I'm, I thought I was going to need surgery. And then I got up one morning, I'm thinking, I was up and down, I was doing lunches, I've been doing, seen me doing some crazy stuff, stuff that I couldn't even do when I was bodybuilding. And all because of what I was eating, food, food, glucose, you know, the junk food. And now it's worse because all these kids, in their 20s, I never wore any knee wraps when I was in my 20s because we never ate that kind of food. I mean, I've I've noticed a massive difference in you from when you walked in, like from from seeing you years ago. Obviously, like you're you're way bigger there. The energy is different. The energy is different. The even just how you carry yourself is completely different, and how your mind's obviously shifted as well. So, on the on the back of eating this way and moving this way and moving different now, how do you feel in your mind, and how has it affected every other area of your life? I think you can see clearly. Clearly, I was going to sing a song. I can see clearly now. Rain is gone, but it's it's. I can like I can deal with situations better. I'm a lot calmer. Things don't bother me as much. I'm more tolerant. There's so many benefits to doing what I did because um, I was you know constantly on the go, mental, you know, crazy. It just, it just you feel yourself just calming down because not my brain cells are not inflamed. You know do, what I mean? do you think it's allowed you to become a better father? hundred percent. But but the problem is that when it's the painful reality is that my kids are older and it's it's not you can't go back and fix what you didn't, you know. I was also off doing shit that I shouldn't be doing when the kids were young, you know, like doing crazy stuff because you're not bodybuilding is a very selfish sport. Do you still punish yourself about that? 
I do. I can't. I try not to. I find myself pulling away. I mean, I, 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 but don't you you think though, because of your experiences now and the way and and what you've experienced in life and and what you're doing to serve the world now, don't you think that helps you build that strong relationship with your daughter? It it does. But then I, 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 it's, you, you you can never feel, you can never um, let go of that, that you failed them in a way. Did, did, Did you fail though? On the outside, it may look like I didn't, but sometimes you think, you know. I think, I think, I think, like like you were when you were bodybuilding. I think you're your own biggest critic, as we as we can all be. And I think, I think one of the things that's part of, you know, if you hadn't served the journey the way you served the journey, hadn't hadn't done it the way you done it, you wouldn't be able to have that relationship you have with your daughter. Now you you know, seeing her, I, I watch your daughter cook online and. Obviously, she's she's doing her thing. It's annoying. Don't forget that. No, but it's, she's she's a lot like me in terms of you know my energy and I tap into her energy. And when she's not right, I find that I'm not right. And it's 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 one of those things. It's like you'd think that you could. I know I could have done been a ten times better father, but you're not there. Your mindset is focused on getting to your goal in bodybuilding, and other things suffer. You know. So what is your advice then to all the young men out there trying to be available to, you know, their partners, their sons, their daughters, and the people in, and, and their families? What's your, your, what's your advice? Because obviously, because obviously, look at someone like me, I'm in the pursuit of this podcast, Eddie, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying, I'm trying to be one of the best in the game at podcasting, right? What would, what would you say to me in terms of What would like, I say to you? Whilst I'm in the pursuit of this big goal. No, with, with what you're doing, you don't have to take drugs. So there's no, I can't, you know, it's, so you're okay. Doing but I have to do. spend time away from my family. I have, to, I have to go away, I have to do things. You have to find a balance. You have to find a balance. I think with me, the fact that um, my thought process compromised, that makes made it compounded, the fact, you know, it made things worse. With you, you have to realise that that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that, and I think, I think, I, I do think though. I think you're potentially too hard on yourself. I know, I know, I know you wanna, I know you wanna um, you be your own biggest critic. But I think really, ultimately, like what you've achieved and everything you've done, it's like it like sends you, you send it to a new level, mate. Like you, you're doing it, and, and the, the amount of people's lives I see you change on social media by by what you're putting out and the honesty that you're putting in the raw honesty. You couldn't do that if you hadn't lived the life that you've lived now. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't, you couldn't do that, and unless you'd been through different adversities, unless you took these drugs, and you can't, you can't hold though, hold yourself accountable for that because you, if you hadn't took them, you couldn't advise thousands of other young men out there, especially. And and let me tell you as well, when I go into gyms in Australia, um, when I was living out there, there's women on clenbuterol now, mate. Yeah. so so there's a lot of women that are taking drugs too. I mean, something like clenbuterol, I suppose, it isn't as harsh. We're talking about the androgens, the ones that actually change the wiring of your brain. It does, they do. And I see women taking drugs, and it's no... Um, I know what you're saying about I shouldn't be out of myself, but it's hard not to, because you know there are certain things that you could have done better. 
And um, yeah, but it's it's, it's you, you, you just roll with it, you know. Because if you don't, you can just run yourself to the grave, feeling you know regret. But people say you should never live with regret. I regret with regards to my family life and bodybuilding, hundred percent. So you're sixty years old. You're in the best shape of your life now. I'd, 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 I mean, you might argue with me, but I think you're in the best shape of your life, both mentally, physically, and emotionally. Like in terms of where you're where you're at from where I've seen you in the past, what is your what is your goal now for the next twelve months for you and on from that with everything that you're doing? I think as arrogant as it may sound, I think it's my destiny to bring as many young people away from the shit that's going on in the fitness industry because I think just like I did, mine was not as bad as what they're doing now. At least I knew that it was important to eat real food. We didn't, we didn't have, so we didn't have all this crap available. But I, but I, um, I want to bring as many young people away from the crap that's going on because they will regret it, not with their, you know, with, with like regrets, but with their health. You can see it happening now. Your twenty, there's a boy here who, who comes in the gym a few times. He's 26 years old, competed recently. He's dead. And um, how can you justify that? And you know it's because in the industry, people are being advised. You can't get away from steroids in the industry because all these people are overtly promoting it. Some, you know, And um, they are taking steroids and they're eating junk food. Even the NHS is telling us to stop eating junk food. The, the, the doctors are telling us the doctors are not trained that way, but still they realize the correlation between junk food and, and health, and then we are aware of it. Why would we have that in the fitness industry where it's about fitness supposed to be um, go alongside with health? Fitness supposed to be health. Why are we eating that kind of food? You know, you see people bragging in the Insta story. Look, I got this bagel and this jam on it. We, we that was a cheat meal. Back when I was competing. But people are eating it every day. Every single day. I'm not saying don't eat those foods again. I'm saying that there's some of the things I should do every day. Because if you do, there are consequences. Because you're, you're weakening your immune system. Here's it. Remember what I said. When you eat those kind of foods, they don't have the micronutrients to convert them, the, the calories from them into whatever you're looking for. So, tissue anything. so all you get then from eating a bagel and jam essentially is the insulin spike and the inflammation. And yes. you don't get no, you don't get no muscle muscle growth or or anything to use. You, you, so you you're, you're getting the sugar from it. You're getting the sugar from it. Look, if you see these bodybuilders walking around and they're saying I'm bulking, I hate that word. That word is being used. It's, it's also become a marketing term because they're using it. Oh come on, you got to bulk, so you got to eat any old shit. We never had words like that. We're trying to build muscle. That's what my ebook is called. Stop bulking. And build muscle, because that's that's exactly what. Um, uh, when you, you can bulk, build it lean, can't you? W- when you bulk, you are assuming that your um, what you're eating is being digested and used properly, which is not. You know, it's not. How you use um, if you're if you've got stored fat on you, that's not. That means your cells like too much. Is it bodybuilders walking around big guy? I'm going to bulk. When you're carrying that much body fat, your cells are not going to be as sensitive to insulin as you think. You know what I mean? Your cells won't be because there's too much body fat. 
you can when you teach your body to use this fat as energy, you find yourself building muscle more quicker. And what is the fastest way that you can teach your body to use that stubborn area of like belly fat or any fat on your body as the energy source? Teach it to access it. That's energy. You inadvertently ask your body to store it. You do that by the, the, what stores that fat? It's insulin. Insulin is a storage hormone. Insulin is what stores fat. So control insulin. When you have too much insulin in your system, your body is saying, store, store, store. It wants to store. It doesn't want to spend. So first of all, you know, you can say keto. I hate using labels for, um, names for my diet. Because with my ebook, for instance, I advocate having a bit of carbs before and after training. That's not keto. So I don't call my diet anything. But you could say keto. My fat intake is quite high because I need it for the energy to build muscle to train. And then my protein intake is reasonable because I need to build, um, you know, hold on to the amount of muscle that I've got. I'm about 100 kilos, I want to say like that. So, but my only vegetables, I don't even eat that many, you know, vegetables. So essentially you control the insulin level and that will control the rest of it for you. Absolutely. With fat loss, all it is is control one hormone. Once you control the hormone, most people who are um, carrying excess body fat are insulin resistant and also leptin resistant. When you control insulin, you can reverse almost everything, learning how to control insulin. I think the reason why a lot of people struggle is because if you're trying to, look, if you're carrying 30 pounds of body fat, that's 100,000 calories. Did you realize that? Didn't even know. Thirty pounds of body fat is a hundred thousand calories. So when people say, you know, trying to make, you've got enough calories on you. Teach your body to, to use access that it. To yes. access it. That's what my book um, tells make health people do. You teach your body to access this energy because that's energy. You can use it. So if you are if you're carrying um, thirty pounds of body fat or forty, um, let's say an obese person, let's say 50, 60 pounds of body fat. You should never be hungry. If you're hungry, it means your insulin level is higher. It's too high. You need to control it. Simple as that. So all these women then that are getting told that they've got thyroid problems, all this, that, and the other, can that is that stuff that can be reversed as well? You can reverse your thyroid problem by controlling insulin. It's all about the control of one, one hormone. So skin, thyroid, yep. body weight, everything can be controlled by just con- by reducing that insulin I spike. Had a, I had a, a skin tag, two skin tags, one on my leg and one in my groin. It's just it's quite big. It looked a bit like my penis. But um, I, <laughs> they both disappeared when I, I was shocked. When they were thinking, they both disappeared when I changed my diet. Crazy. There is, there is a lot to be said for the bad advice that we've been given. This is what I say to people, right? If you're trying to lose body fat, there are certain things that you've you, you, you got to do, right? Reduce your meal frequency. Because every time you eat, your body has to release insulin to deal with the food. Reduce your meal frequency. Most of my clients eat two meals a day. Some of them eat one meal a day. And then eventually we fast. This is Almost the opposite of what I learned as a bodybuilder. I'm, I come from high carb, six meals a day, speed up metabolism, and all that bollocks that we learn. Then the information is out there now. We don't need to do any of that. You can build a ton of muscle by just eating three or four meals a day because the amino acid pool is there. 
when you finish training, you'll have a post-worker bullshit. <laughs> We're all being conned because then we're spending money buying all these products. Why do you think um, um, Mars, what they, they're, they're making sneakers, they're making protein powders? They want to make, it's money. It's all marketing. They're buying into the narrative. So, so, so there isn't a set window of time then that you have to absorb a certain amount of protein in after a transition, no? No. So that was all made up. Listen, right? The protein that you're using to repair the tissue, you ate a few days or hours before. Right, yeah, yeah. It. So, it's, so it's all like literally a marketing ploy. We never had any post pre and post workouts when we started out. We just used to eat, finish training, go many. In fact, a lot of the gyms would have, I'd have a jacket potato and some um, tuna. All the gyms sold that jacket potato and tuna, butter on it. That was it. Ate it if you fancied it. We never focused on any of that. Now you see these kids, they are eating junk food because we're protein. You may not want to hear it. It's shit. Um, protein yogurts, they are shit. Protein bags, bars are all shit. These are all things that are somebody saying, that, come on. I'm, I put a video out and I got a call from one of my friends. Some of these people that started these companies, I knew them. I wouldn't trust them to brush my teeth. I wouldn't trust them to clean my shoes. I wouldn't, this is the guys who put these things together. Oh no, I worked out, you put a bit of taurine in here. These are guys who fucked up at school. I'm sorry to say that, but unfortunately, they found a market and they've tapped into it and people are, people are listening to them and all these studies. Whenever you see a study, follow the money. Who paid for that study? You know, because there should never be a study that says to you, stop eating real food and eat something made in a lab. If you see a study like that, run away. If, any, if you start talking to a trainer, you, you hire a trainer, says to you, oh, we have bagel, run away. Because why? Because they're fucking stupid. That's a, I say that with confidence. That, they, 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 how can that be acceptable? And these kids are walking around. There's a girl who used to work, and used to be um, trained in my gym, and um, I saw her compete for a show once, and she was dieting for months and months and months, I had more fucking striations in my penis than she had in her whole body. She didn't look like she was dieting. She had a spotty face. The whole body, she's miserable. And the coach was making a stand on the cardio, doing hours and hours on cardio. And I said to her, dude, you're doing it wrong. No, she not listen to me. Eddie's old school. Eddie will, Eddie will make you eat real food. They want to make, and you see, and she's put pictures of her in the story. Oh, today I'm having bagels. And she goes to Starbucks. And I'm thinking, you're a fucking idiot. You know, and you saw her. She, she looked like, she did, there's no one single detail to say that she was doing. Because you can do one show and become a coach the next day. That's what everybody's doing. That Online is the coach. industry. That's literally the industry, yep. isn't it? Yep. Online coach. And then you, because you, then you put a picture up. Somebody you got, somebody looks, or oh, I got this person ready. There are people who, who, who getting, you, they look like they're being starved. They like come out of a concentration camp. Do you think 80% or what percentage-wise of online coaches would you say are, are pretty much hopeless these days? I, 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 do, do, would, you, would you get online coaching? Hell no. no, no. So you say only in person? Right now, we are, because there's been, there's been so much demand for what we're doing now. In fact, the, the, the lads are here. This is my team. We are planning to do something online. 
um, like online transformation thing. Um, it, we want to do it properly, and we are not just targeting people who want to get um, get on stage. Hell no, that's not what we look. Just for. people that want to change their life. People want to change their lifestyle. People want to make people. If let's say you've got um, psoriasis, because I know it's to do with alcohol, the three musketeers, other wheat, dairy, and sugar. It's to do with something that you're doing, you're doing to your gut daily. So people like that, people who've got um, like liver cirrhosis and they've been given, um, you know, on medication. Because I believe that you can reverse that by changing your the way you eat. And we are offering, we're going to be offering an online sort of transmission service first of September where we're going to be doing that. And I think that's more, that's going to be more rewarding. If you're telling me about, if you're talking about the people who are online, done one bodybuilding competition and say, I'm happy you get that. No. Like they're, they're your slimming worlds and your Weight Watchers, they should ban them all. I, I, I say that with confidence because there's a lady in my gym who was, I've been paying um, Slimming World um, 1999 subscription for 25 years. It's a business. Whenever somebody comes to me, I say to them, I want you, I want me to be the last person you go to for this kind of help. Don't waste your money. Educate yourself. So you're giving them the skills so they can look after themselves, feed yes. themselves, yeah. eat right, have the results, and, and it lasts long term. I think the, the, the most rewarding thing is when my, my, my Timmy is here, they come in and say, look, oh my God, I feel amazing. We hear that all the time, I feel amazing. Because you will feel good. Because you're teaching your body to use this body fat, but we've ignored it. So if, you, if you're walking around, you're tired, your trainer's making you lots of cardio and eating up now. If you eat properly, control insulin, eat real food, you find that you tap into that, your energy level will be through the roof. See, a little bird told me before this podcast that you never even wanted to start TikTok or any online stuff, and now you walk in here with a bigger team than Anthony Joshua. What's that about? <laughs> No, he's it's no, he's lying. By the way, it's only it's only four people. It's only eight people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I've got I've got my 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 social media team, Manx and Fahad. They wanted to be here, and then Lawrence, yeah, Lawrence do a lot. Well, she's Lawrence a PT, got um, decades of experience. So we we you know she helps me, and then later he has my daughter. But it's they're not eight people. He's just he's lying. But the the, the thing is, it's not that I didn't want to. I just. When my daughter said to me, Dad, I can see, must my oldest one, my oldest one, she's um, Eva, she's one Christmas, she's Dad, this is what she said, Dad, exactly the same, Dad, I can see your future. It's TikTok. And I looked at her and I said, well, what what's it about going dancing on, um, on social media? Because then she just left it. But then this one recycled it and here we are. Mate, I think it's, I been, I think it's been a fantastic career for you and and i know throughout this podcast there's been a few moments you've been hard on yourself when you've been reflecting on what you've achieved but i just want to say like from from seeing how you've transformed for from the years ago when i saw you and how you've transformed your body and your mindset and everything you're doing and the way you're empowering the world i think it's very inspiring but if there's one piece of if you had to check out the world tomorrow eddie and you could just leave one piece of golden wisdom something that would move everyone in this audience for just that one percent today what would it be don't ignore your gut there is, when they say, your gut feeling, your gut is in charge. You've got trillions of bacteria in your gut. And you live, it's called symbiosis. You feed them, and they 
look after you. If you put the wrong shit in it, you're going to get shit back. And that's what these kids are doing. They're putting shit into themselves. And they don't realize that there is long term. They think about here and now, I want to build muscle. And I think, especially when you're in the steroids, in your head, you're not thinking straight. If I have to, I wish I knew about the gap a lot earlier. Because we've ignored the gut. And I think our guts are in charge of even our behavior, the way we relate to people, the way everything about us, our health, it's all coming from what we put. There's no no other external um, influence. It's all coming from what you put in your body. It's coming from what you put in your body. Everything about us is coming from in here. And if you, if I would have just paid um, more attention to my gut when I was younger. For the years, um, I, like I said to you, my... My dad died when I was really young. The reason why I got on the scholarship is because I was apparently um, a bright child. So I got a scholarship. My dad died when I was, I was orphaned at a young age. So the school took me on, took four orphan Ghanaian boys. And um, when... When I was about four or five, there was no food. So mum went to the family planning clinic and they used to give us And the milk powder. So, diarrhea all my childhood. That was normal. I used to shit. <laughs> Always had diarrhea. I didn't know what it was until I won a scholarship. I went to Kenya and never had it once. Always had diarrhea. So, Yeah, it's just one of those things. From age four, I never had a solid shit. I remember once at school, the bigger boys picked me up, took me upside down, and I was diarrhea on the floor. They laughed at me. I was five. So don't forget the guy. The guy's important. That affected me later on. You know. Sorry. May I... Um I wanted to let you get it out because I think it's important that, that people hear that message. And I just want to thank you for being your raw, honest self today and obviously sitting down with me and, and uh, you know, going easy on me, Eddie, and, and all that stuff, mate. I just want to say you're inspiring a lot of people, a lot of young men, a lot of women out there change their life predicated on the back of your content. And guys, do me a solid favour and hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify. Um, I'll put Eddie's links in the in the description to this podcast you, so you can check out his books and his programs and stuff like that so that you can change your life and change it too because I've read into Eddie's stuff and I've watched Eddie's stuff for a while and it's uh, it's definitely it's led me to quit energy drinks again which I can't thank him for enough so thank you for that they're no good for your energy drinks they're good for anybody yeah you love it innit <laughs> <laughs> they, 
They taste good, but they're awful for you. But guys, do me a solid favor and subscribe on all the platforms. And that is Eddie Abu. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you. Guys, do me a solid favor. Drop a comment below this video and let us know who you want on the podcast next.